I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts. And this is the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast. In this podcast, we speak with producers, engineers, DJs, and industry figureheads about their fantasy forever studio. The studio that our guests invent will be one that they have to live with forever. But as you might know already, there are some rules in Studio Foreverland. Totally rational rules. Yes, there are a few rules. Our guests can select a computer, a DAW, and an audio interface those are given then they have the mind-mangling challenge of picking just six other bits of studio gear plus one non-gear related luxury item but there is one little rule they must not forget right yes no bundles, no bundles. That's it. Any collection of software or hardware sold as a single item is illegal. That's right. Today, we are super privileged to have the legendary DJ, producer and music educator, King Brit. King Brit's list of musical achievements and accolades are far too vast for our brief introduction here, but he's well known for being a musical innovator, co-founding the groundbreaking label Ovum Records with Josh Wink and collaborating with acts such as De La Soul, Madlib, More Mother and many others. Luckily for us, he's also a massive gear geek too, so it's going to be an interesting chat what will he choose let's find out this is my forever studio with king brit welcome 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 hello hey what's up yeah yes flying yeah. from space yes i'm i'm in space right now <laughs> we're here on the grapevine and, and why you got involved in this is because you're a bit of a gear fanatic a bit of a, a bit of a gear geek a nerd one of us one of us <laughs> absolutely 100 percent, and you know it may not be as in depth as some, but I definitely, ever since, you know, um, my first SK1 Casio sampler, I've been a geek ever since. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. Well, let's start building your forever studio, your fantasy forever studio. It's going to be a challenge. Um, I guess the first thing to say, I mean, we know you've DJed on every single continent except what Antarctica. You know, that's on the list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it is on the list. So, I mean, with that in mind, where would you place your Fantasy Forever studio? If you could have a studio anywhere in the world, I mean, forever, where would it be and why? Okay. Um, it's funny you bring this up because I was just discussing this with a very close friend of mine um, who's also a, a music geek and. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say who it is. Ooh. But we Mystery. both love. Yeah, just because privacy. Because mm. he's about to move oh, there. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Japan, 100% Japan. Oh right. Uh, and also, you know, if it was my choice, which in this fantasy world it is, but actually it may happen. Um, it would be close to Roland. So that's. <laughs> That's on the outskirts, you know, like, I think it's near Nagoya, but past, like, in the countryside. Yeah. And so, yeah, it would be definitely Japan, definitely the countryside, and definitely near Roland. (laughs) Will, have you been out to Roland? I've never been. I've not. No, they're in a place called Hamamatsu, which is, yeah, just, just near to Nagoya. Why? Why do you need to be so close to Roland? King Brit. No, it, that was. I mean, hey, if I'm going all the way to Japan, and I'm going to move there, I want to also be kind of in the know of what new is coming yeah. out. And also, Japan is like the most cutting edge technologically mm-hmm. they've always been. Plus, I just love the the culture and the spiritual vibe there. Mm. Um, but. Roland, I mean Roland, man. Like, yeah, and somebody needs to stay near Roland as well, just to just to check that they don't keep making 
bad versions of legendary synths as well. Just like, yeah. come on, guys. Yeah. Come on, guys. That's not a Jupiter 8. Stop it. Yeah. But I, I do have to say, I was in a lot of people disagree with me. Uh, one being uh, Lisa Belladonna. We talk a lot. She's, you should have her on this show. Wow. Anytime, man. Anytime. She's unbelievable. But we agree to disagree about the SE01, the Roland Studio yeah. Electronics collab. Mm. I really liked it, man. I think I think most people like those. I think the boutique ones, uh, all of them sounded fantastic. I mean, there was never a question of that. I think some of the pe- some people were just a bit disappointed that they were a bit fiddly to use because everything was shrunken down, which was obviously there was a mm. point of that for portability and all that. Exactly. But yeah, I think I think it did pretty well on the music tech reviews and stuff. That kind of oh, okay. Uh, so good. I think those kind of things do do good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people just got disappointed when they were making. The big flagship things, oh, yeah, Jupiter yeah. 80, and yeah, people thought it was going to be a Jupiter 8. And it was a fantastic machine, mm. but it wasn't a Jupiter 8. Mm. And they kind of lent on that brand name a bit. But, you know, I think a lot of these companies have sorted themselves out now, it feels like. Like Korg and Roland, oh. they're, all, they're all crushing it at the moment, putting out loads of great gear. Like oh, all, the big, all the big name brands have stopped doing that thing of trying to exploit old brand names they're just making real authentic cool versions of stuff now and that Roland cloud seems to be massively mm. um, popular like everybody has that <laughs> yeah i won't comment on that but i do love <laughs> but I... we like the spice we like do... the spice <laughs> i do love the um i got the tro6 yep 606 because i never yep. no i always wanted a 606 mm. I just never got around to getting one when they were affordable. Mm. And then they this out. Yo, it sounds unbelievable. And has the gates, it has all these gate triggers out, trigger outs. And you know, that with a lo- along with modular. Oh my god, bro. It's, yeah. Nice. So we're in Japan. We're locked that in. We're in Japan. Now, tell us about the vibe inside a studio. What makes you feel creative? What do you like working environment? Because people have a lot of different tastes of how they like their layouts, how they like their, you know, the, the style of a studio to be. Okay. So most of the studios that I, I have, one in Philly at the moment, which I need to move the rest of it uh, to San Diego, where I live now. Uh, and then my studio here, which is on campus, it's pretty pretty sick it's in an old studio uh, building that was built here the late 70s early 80s where each office slash studio each office in is a studio here like a personal cool. um, project studio but it's pretty huge right yeah well a project studio in the 70s had to be huge whereas now you get a lot of stuff in there yeah exactly and so each one is already linked directly to the main room, like the the main live room, where you can actually record an orchestra in there or whatever. But we're patched in, so I can, like, record directly into that room, which we haven't done it. But when the pandemic happened, that was on the list, like, maybe we should, you know, because there were all these kind of recording projects that needed to be done within the school and they were thinking about that, but it just, it never came to fruition, but 
it is it is patched up like that i love those old studios though where they they've they've put tie lines in everywhere Mm. Everywhere. so like there's studios (laughs) where there's tie lines to like the shed in the garden just in case we were feeling (laughs) wanting to go down there and like those really old studios where they had crazy budget and they've like oh yeah i can't remember where did i go there was some studio and it's like yeah we've you can patch it through to the kitchen when you're like making coffee and listen to it and there's actually this one place i went to one time in germany in it was called the funk house in berlin and they had tie lines it's the oh my lord that the the it was this broadcast complex right so it had tie lines into every single place you just like walk past a wall in a a corridor and you just pop off the wall and there was tie lines none of it worked anymore that was the great shame of it but yeah that was the old uh it was where they used used to record the russian orchestras and stuff during communism wasn't it that big building i think it was like the radio station it was yeah it was the radio station broadcast Yeah. yeah But that's that's where they did Superbooth and stuff. They did. Nils from Studios there. Correct. Ah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't don't quote me. I think Mouse on Mars is in there yeah. too. At right? least at least they were. Yeah, they might still be. Yeah, they were. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Back to the Vifa of a studio. So we've got it in Japan. But what's the actual style then? So you've got, you say it's be like an office kind of vibe with a studio attached. No, 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 no. Okay. So I was just explaining kind of where I am now. Which is I I I call it like a laboratory because it's more like a laboratory and it's on campus. Then my studio in Philly is just a loft, and I really love that the openness, the space, right? And so since we're in Japan, it would be great to get an old tea house, you know, in the countryside, and convert the tea house, and it's all wood, just the old wood, you know. And convert the tea house into proper, acoustically proper studio. It would be awesome. Nice. Yeah, that would that would be that'd be a very chill space as well. Take your shoes off, please. You know, which is better? <laughs> it's actually quieter with the yeah, socks in. Nice. Way, you know, <laughs> you'd have to have like guests, like little like soft house slippers for the guests. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. course, with with the logo, like the crown. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Man. Come on, man. It's already. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, slippers with the crown. I like that. That is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should get those made anyway. That's cool merch. Like little little house slippers, like King Brit Studio slippers. That's what you should call them. Studio slides. Studio slides. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Let's start moving on to the gear and get the boring bits out of the way. Well, I call them the boring bits, but it's not always boring. Um, you get three bits for free before we go into your six items. But they have to be a computer, an audio interface, and a DAW. So, computer, what are you what are you choosing for your Forever Studio is a computer? Are you just going to max out a Mac or are you going to go retro? No, I mean, I would max out a Mac. Um, that new, those new Macs, the they look like little spaceships. They're black, okay. right? I don't know we, what it's called. Maybe it's just Mac Pro. But they okay. Have so the, new ones. the ones that the, there was the ones that looked like the little trash cans. That's that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a new one. Oh yeah. So we can upsell your dreams, which is what we do on the podcast. They've moved from the trash can you refer to it as a spaceship, which is much kinder. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. they have a new one which looks like a cheese grater. It's. I think that's crazy powerful. That's that's generally the one people go for on the podcast. To be honest with you, that's why I say it's kind of a boring question because everybody just goes, "Give me that." What is it? Will fifty eight thousand dollars or something? It's thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to to be fair, and to keep it interesting for you, th- 
there's certain things that I loved about my old MacBook Pro 17 inch 2010, right? All the all the ports, Snow Leopard was incredibly solid, never had a problem. And so if I need to open old files, say Ableton 8 and back, then in old mm-hmm. logic, e-magic with the key, then we'll we'll keep yeah. that computer on the side, okay? So to keep it interesting for you. So if you ever come to the studio, you'll we'll have you use that computer. <laughs> right? Because you didn't like you didn't like the cheese grater, so you're not allowed to use. <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> well, we've been punished for the first time for oh, our no. uh, Yeah. Fair. Okay. And what about so we've got a we've got a spec'd out Mac. Um yeah, it's it's cheese free. I'm I'm, I'm lactose anyways. <laughs> um so what about the audio interface? What what's your what's your dream audio interface, you know, Fantasy Forever Studio? You know, I'm not a I keep it simple. I mean, I I love I love the Apollo, man. I love the UAD. It just makes sense. It just the the pre's are great. Yeah. You know, um you know, I I love the plugins. This isn't a plug either, no pun intended, but it's just great, convenient. Yeah, again, it's a popular choice. I mean, so you say mentioned the pre's there. Uh, Will, there's two versions, right, uh, of the top flagship Apollo. Are you going to get the, is it the AP? X8P. I have it right here. We're talking through it, right? Very now. nice. Yeah. You're going to stick with the X8P? Yeah, I mean, if it's right now and we're talking about Fantasy Studio in the now, yes. Now, in the future, you know, I'm sure they have things that are coming out. So who knows? All but, right. I thought you were going to actually tell us the future then. I was I was <laughs> strapped in ready. <laughs> no, I signed an NDA with, uh, okay. the, with the divine, so I'm not. <laughs> That's what the D in NDA stands for, divine. <laughs> divine. <Yeah. laughs> the non-divine agreement. Okay, so the final free item is your DAW. Um, what you get one DA? Well, you can have as many DAWs as you want down the line if you want to pick more as your six items. But the one we give you for free, what's it going to be? I mean, I get it for free anyway. But Ableton, man, not and I don't. I'm not saying that because I get it for free. It's I've been a supporter of Ableton since it came out and uh been helping with beta testing and all of that since maybe version six and so you know i just and i teach it as well like it's just me as a producer you know um it's just mind-blowing you know what you can do especially with max for live but also Mm. now with i would say from nine and now we have 11 like sonically it really sounds good whereas before it was a little bit falling flat no pun intended again uh against say logic logic sounded fantastic mm. you know um but now ableton is right there up there with with the quality of sound tell us about that that time when you discovered ableton then if you were there from from the very start like mm-hmm. what were you on before and what what yeah. was the kind of what was the feature that made you go right stop everything i'm switching right 
It was logic. I was a huge lot. So when I first, first, my first doll ever was Master Tracks. Wow. Do you remember Master Tracks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Master Tracks. So my first maybe five EPs, like E-Culture with me and Josh Wink, uh, our first like 12-inch that came out, um, that was all Master Tracks. and Yeah, so going from Master Tracks and then logic when logic first came out and e-magic had the little blue key which i still have yeah mm-hmm. um before apple that. bought them and, and ruined mm-hmm. them but um yeah when e-magic was <laughs> oh man they're gonna anyway um when maybe we can edit that i'm just kidding don't edit anything um the blue key e-magic logic was incredible the sounds were incredible it was really fun it's a shame they didn't have like a red key for ableton and then it could have been which one you choose the blue key or the red key <laughs> that's funny yeah <laughs> yo that would that would be a nice meme um we'll make that somebody yeah. make that meme Any, anybody yeah. listening now make that meme email it to editors at musictech.net we love it now, when when I first got Ableton, I didn't grasp it a hundred percent. Like I didn't because of the Windows, right? With you know Session View, I didn't understand it at first. The whole loop idea, right? And so I just used it as I would Logic. I just used it as a linear arrangement view DAW. And the reason I used it that way is. You know, I'm I'm from old school MPC, you know, uh, 60, MPC 3000, 2000. I had the S50. Like, I'm huge in the samplers. Like, I'm, a sam- I'm coming from that culture, taking any sound and, you know, manipulating it. And so to be able to stretch a sound and sample, you know, in real time like that, without losing quality and, and, you know, without, uh, changing the key and, you know, keeping it consistent like that harmonically. Come on, man. It was like, what I can do what? And so, yeah, that was like the beginning of, okay, I'm going to stick with this company because their vision, the way they thought about music creation was next level. And I stayed with it. And then I saw Sasha. So I was at Limelight. And Sasha, I was like, yo, what? You're DJing with Ableton? And so what he was doing, he was DJing, but then he had, and I'm talking, we're talking Ableton 6. We're talking way back. And he was DJing, but he had stems. Listen, I'm talking back in the day. He had stems in Ableton, and then he was also DJing. So he had this combination going, right? But he was able to, he MIDI mapped the tempo so he can mix it in, right? I was like, yo! And then because he can manipulate the tempo, but everything was, time, you know, warped, that's what I was like, oh my God. And then when Push came out, well, first the APC-40 and then Push, then the, it was a physical manifestation of what was on the screen in the story because I'm coming from old school physical 
knobs. I like knobs. I like pads. And that was it. Nice. You said a little a little moment ago about uh, Max for Live and how much you can do with that. Can you tell us a bit about what you're actually doing in there? Because it's I think it can be a little bit overwhelming for a lot of people sometimes. Well, first of all, my colleague, which <laughs> when I first started, I'm at UCSD uh, in San Diego, so University of California, San Diego. And my colleagues, they're all mind-blowing, right? Tom Herb. He's my colleague. He makes the modulars, you know, the herb verb and the mimeophone and all. And then Miller Puckett is my colleague. And I remember when I first started and Miller Puckett, you know, invented Max MSP. MSP is Miller S. Puckett, right? Hmm. And so he's walking down the hall. I'm like, you know, I'm ready to get an autograph. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, it's crazy. Like, yo, you invented Max and Pure Data. You know, oh, wow, right. pretty, yeah. Yeah, he, he invented both. And, you know, he's the one of the chillest humans ever. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. Man, you'd expect somebody who invented those things to be basically like an android that had no social skills at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's complete opposite. Like, coming to all of, you know, we were throwing parties here. We have on campus, we have a club. So I brought Shigeto, Taylor McFerrin, whatever. He would be at every show, rehearse, you know, sound check, like just chilling, like just in it. And that's how, that's what makes you really a good creative when you immerse yourself in things, right? But anyway, um, Ableton, when Ableton introduced Max and Max for Live, it's kind of like, and I hate to say this and I hope it doesn't offend some people, but it's, it's kind of like, max for dummies mm -hmm. you know where it's you're coming from ableton and i just oh, i love plugins and i'm just gonna grab boom 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 into a world where you can create your own plugins and that sort of thing so it's kind of a gateway into that and it's kind of like i see that here on campus like you know you get to a certain point and the student wants to take it further and create their own sort of plugin and you know, they have ideas that they want to bounce. And so then they take a max course with Miller. And so it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful exchange. But Max for Life, me personally, I just love all these creative ideas. And most of them are free or you, you know, you donate to whoever the creator is. And man, there's been some phenomenal things, man, that have just come out. And also Ableton is very smart. They those those patches that are huge and popular, they slowly integrate them into Ableton and they It's kind of like a shop floor for seeing what's going on, looking at yeah, nice. So far we we're we've got we've got the Mac, we've got the UA, Apollo, we've got Ableton. So now you only get six items of gear now. Mm -hmm. So item number one, what's it going to be? It's hard because, you know, I'm a huge Moog fanatic, you know, um, collector. Um, and just my first keyboard that I bought with my money, um, summer, my summer job, saved the money and got a mini Moog, right? And that was 85 
86? 86. And so, you know, that's very dear to my heart, the Mini Moog. But that's not one of the six. Were they still making them making them new in 86 or was that second hand? Was that second? Uh, oh. Yeah, second hand. Yeah. We had a place, yeah. but it was practically new. Right. We had a place in Philly, Philadelphia, you know, was yeah. where I'm from, called Sentioli's. And it's this older Italian gentleman. He he actually passed away last year, which was sad. Actually, was talking to Jazzy Jeff about this recently. But we all used to go to his place. It was out a little bit. You take, you know, you drive out. Mm. And he's just this personality. He's like, yeah, what do you want? And, you know, we're like, what do, what keyboards do you have to today? He had this massive warehouse somewhere in Philly of every keyboard known to man. And he had like 10 of them, <laughs> you know? And so every few days he would just bring keyboards out. Now you got to remember, this is when nobody wanted to buy keyboards, right? People were like, and we're talking like uh, 90, maybe 90, 90, 91. Like people, they didn't want 303s or any, you know, they were just like not even interested in Philly anyway. And so, you know, he brought out, now one of the keyboards that he brought out, this is one that I want in the studio. So that's why I'm telling this story. He brought this out. He's like, ah, just give me $100, you know, practically brand new Monopoly chord. Yeah. <laughs> Still have it. I'm not. It's in Philly, but I'm bringing it soon. Uh, beautiful, man. Monopoly is one of the best keyboards of all time. Um, so that's one thing that'll be in the studio. Uh, the other, the Mini Moog, back to the Mini Moog, yeah, it was used, but it was practically new. Like, you know, someone probably, it, maybe in a rock group or something in Philly, maybe not, maybe didn't want it. and it just They probably it. returned it because they were like, I think it's broken. It only plays one note at a time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, the Monopoly, that's number one. We're going to have the Monopoly in the studio. Okay. And then let's move on to item number two. What's it going to be? Number two, also bought at Sentioli's. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's cool, but, you know, it needs some work. Just give me, give me $200 for it. Okay. Sonic 6 Moog. What? <laughs> so the so the case the case was broken, right? So it needed hinges, mm -hmm. right? And it needed to be cleaned up and the pods and whatever. And so I just kept it. Like I got it. I didn't use it too much. And I kept it. And then a few years ago, maybe like I'll say five years ago now, um, there's a company in Philly called Belltone Synths. Anyone need synth repair? The This uh, couple, uh, they, they repair synths. They're unbelievable. Cleaned it up. It's like brand new. They put hinges. It's unbelievable. And I used it for the album I did for Hyperdub, Flowston Paradigm. The Phoenix, it's all over that record. 
I used to run drum machines through it. Like I did everything with that. So that's number two. They can't have made many of those. You don't they, see them very often rare. at all. Yeah, I thought they made about 1,200, I'm going to say. Yeah. But, you know, don't quote me on it. I don't know. But it was an era probably where a lot probably just got thrown away and stuff. I, You hear horror stories mm-hmm. about synths like that, uh, especially in education institutes where they just all got skipped when like the new generation came out and things like that. Like mm-hmm. they, they like schools just like, yeah, one summer there's just a skip full of synths on. Exactly. <laughs> oh, these are old. We're getting the new ones. And actually I'm going to pull it up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. I just nice. happen to have it because of class yeah. when I do history. Yeah. I do. So I'm going to leave it up for now. Yeah. That's nice. Um, <laughs> Making us jealous. Zoom. Yeah. I love yeah. Zoom. And so, uh, and this is just a photo of it. Um, it's in Philly too. And so, Sonic Six Monopoly. Okay. Okay. So let's let's take a pause. So, I'm number one is a Monopoly. Mm, Lock that locked. in. Well, number two is a Sonic mm-hmm. Six, the Moog. Lovely blue color as well. So, I mean, it looks Lovely. gorgeous as well, doesn't it? It's mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's it's a great great looking thing. And I have a, I have a the Monarch, the new Monarch, which is beautiful synth yeah but the cool thing about it it looks like sonic 6 like they adapted that yeah, vibe, yeah you know so just that front panel um, of like it, it looking modular it's being easy to navigate each section is sort of outlined in it 100 because it was made for you know i heard stories and i have to actually ask michelle moog about this but i i heard stories where he used to be go door to door with the sonic 6 and then just pop it open like this is what synthesis is. And it, you know, that's it's all laid out. It was an educational it was supposed to be an educational tool. That's what I heard. That I I love the idea of just like Dude, not, imagine not, if, if Bob Moog showed up showed up at your crib. Come in, man. Yo, that would be- Hello. And then just busts out a synth solo on the Sonic Six. You like that? You like what you hear? You want to buy one? Well, you know what? Prince, so you know Prince was a Jehovah mm, Witness. Yeah. So he had to go to door to door. Yeah. That's part of your, it's part of the yeah. being in, the, in that religion. And he would show up. There's stories, man. He would show up at someone's house. Man. He'd knock on the door and people would be like, no, I'm not, I'm not interested. And then they'd just hear that opening chord of Purple Rain. <laughs> And then they'd open the door and go, okay, come on in. That's epic. The Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast is supported by Evo by Audience, the fantastic Evo Start recording bundle and the Evo 4 and Evo 8 interfaces. Yes, if you're a beginner, you can enter the world of audio recording with the Evo Start recording bundle, a professional, powerful and versatile solution for home recording from studio-grade audio brand Audient. This comprises the Evo 4 audio interface, the remarkably robust SR1 large diaphragm condenser mic with shock mount, and a set of the Audient Evo SR2000 monitoring headphones. That's right, featuring loopback and smart gain, the new Evo bundle and compact interfaces make sure you can achieve studio quality recordings from the start. Smart gain means you don't have to worry about setting input levels, making it ideal for music makers who want to spend time creating, not engineering. And loopback lets you record everything you hear through the interface, making it a great fit for home recording rigs, podcasters, streamers, and content creators. Evo Start Recording Bundle is suggested to retail at £199, €220, and $249 in the USA. 
Discover Evo online at evo.audio. So, item number three, right? Now, when you say item, are we speaking about speakers as well? Everything. You need you need to build your forever studio mm. with six items. So, you do need some speakers because you don't have any right now. So, as cool as these synths are, you know, <laughs> you can't hear them yet. You know, I'm a really simple guy. Like, I can mix pretty much on anything. And it's so funny. I just, I've been mixing on uh, the 824s, the the old Mackies for so long. Like, I just know them, you know. But I recently picked up Focals, mm-hmm. right? Focal A80s, I think these are. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I can hear. It's like, wow. They're really good speakers, man. And they're not even the big ones in the Focals, are they? They're not super expensive either. That's the great thing. Like these are they're the Alpha. That's why I got them. He's got to save that money for those synths. I was like, <laughs> what can I get the most bang for my buck? And mm. everyone told me. Actually, Lisa Belladonna. We're going back. She said, get the Focals, and I trust anything she says. And. I hit her back up as soon as I got I was like, yo, thank you so much. They sound amazing. But yeah. can we upsell your dreams? Because you love the focals, but we could get you some big bad boy focals, top of the range, SM9s, a popular oh, I mean, choice. Please, please, you know. Have you seen oh. the SM9s? They're kind of nice, uh, mounted on the side. They've, you can split them up into two. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Upsell your dreams. Dreams have been upsold successfully. Yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> okay, so we're item number four. We're racing through these now, but like item number four. And you can't, you, you know, we'll do a little rundown once you get to the end of the six and you might want to change your mind, but item um, number four, what's it going to be? You're going to laugh. SB1200. Ooh, I'm not going to laugh. Have you seen the S2400? Yeah, um, actually... Everyone, but I, but myself has. <laughs> all my friends, yeah, I, I, I've all got my one. <laughs> have one. I'm like, um, why didn't they send me one? No, but yeah, I saw it and I heard it's incredible. What do you think? Uh, we we just reviewed it. Um, one of our one of our team reviewed it. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's wicked. I think it's a really, I think from the review, it was kind of like a really nice modern oh, update, yeah. a, a sort of homage to it. It's kind of. It's hard to compare to something that old because you want it to do new mm. stuff, and um, but it keeps being updated with new features and new firmware. Um, it was kind of, I think it was kind of challenging review that because it came mm. for the reviewer. It uh, kept being updated mid review, so it was slow to slow to do. But yeah, I think the reviewer loved it. Will yeah, no, I mean it's it's a very different looking thing. I think it's like although it's got all the yeah. same functionality as the original, but you've got all you know you can use SD, you can upload samples mm. via USB and all that useful stuff. You don't have to have a floppy drive. Um, so what is it for you, uh, Brit, about the, the SP1200 that's, you know, why is it that one and not other samplers? Every sampler I've had, they've all had their own kind of character to it. Mm. Um, so there's two things about this. The first thing is I was an idiot and sold sold mine, right? So I want it back. Uh, the other thing is I love the limitations of it. Well, of course, the sound. The sound, it sounds like no other sample. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was a, I went from Drumulator. I had the old Drumulator. Remember those? Yeah. I still have it. Mint, actually. And it actually matches the 
Sonic 6 because it was blue, okay, right? And so I up, you know, upgraded to SB1200 when I could afford it. But I love the limitations, especially going back, you know, when I got it back in the day. Uh, there's something about pushing those limitations, push you to be more creative. And the funny thing with my students, even though I'm teaching Ableton and all, I set these limitations up. I'm like, you can only use this, 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 and this. You can, you know, you can only use 12 seconds, whatever. Mm. And they have to be as creative as we were back then because, you know, drum and bass, like you think about the S950 and the limitations that it had, but also that time stretch, like that created a sound. You know, we had Hank Shockley in class and he was telling us how they did the first Public Enemy record, you know, from pause tape ideas and then getting a sampler, but playing everything in down the track the kick and snare like so when you try to mix that record like it's all over because it's a live record it's live they didn't sequence they played you know and so when it comes to the sp1200 just the first the sound of it and then the limitations of it uh, you know how many seconds and all now i would upgrade it i would add a if if it's possible to add a ssd drive um, that would be sick. I mean, is that you know? is that possible technically, Will? I I think there's a guy, if I'm not mistaken, there's a dude called Bruce Forat who's like who does all this kind of stuff. He's in LA. He's in LA. And okay. he up, I think he's in LA. Yeah. So he updates all of these things, and he's got like a mad cave of wonders that he does um, these upgrades in. But I think he does one of these actually. So oh, I might yeah, I might have to invest. They're pretty crazy financially now. Like, I mean, how much they cost now, like the SP twelve hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I might be mistaken there, but yeah, it's the Forever Studio though. So if you know, we can get Bruce to mod it, get an SSD in there. Yeah, lovely stuff. Be awesome. What about the favorite records you've made using the um, using the SP? And what about favorite records that other people have made using the SP? What are st- standout records that you just anything by Pete Rock, which he still uses. I mean. His videos every week, he's using it on whatever. I mean, come on, man, Pete. Anything Easy Mo B has done, fantastic. Um, Kenny Dope, you know, all the early Ma stuff, which he actually announced today, like new Ma next week. Masters work for those who don't know Ma. Um, but yeah, anything Kenny Dope <laughs> has done. Now, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, um, I did a lot of my demos for Silk 130, my first kind of foray into, that was my first album album. I uh, did most of those demos on the SP. Uh, and then three of those made it onto the album as far as the SP itself. And then I sold it like an idiot. Oh. But I did tons of demos with it before that album came out and then I got the MPC and the MPC replaced it. Yeah. But if you're talking to me about what I want in this dream studio, Mm. just the way snare sound and kick sound out of that SP. And the speed of it, of using it, I guess it's like, like you say, use it for demos because you could just get something going straight away. I mean, that's why 
loads of fame like you know like um all of the alan brack stuff and stardust music sounds better with you it was all sp that was oh yeah that was sp yeah um yeah alan alan brax is running as well that was sp um i I made a video with him on that somewhere on youtube but like Hmm. it's um it's mad it's just like a floppy disk and obviously they were probably just playing with ideas and then they're actually like actually this is this is the track just stick it through that at least it's 3630 compressor yeah, <laughs> and then that's it <laughs> we're done right. and i guess yeah. that's that's the beauty of that thing it's just with the speed of of you know being able to play it like an instrument yeah. as well so that's item number four locked in mm-hmm. so we're on to item number five well because this is the dream studio now i've always wanted an api board custom Okay. With a little crown on it. Why not? <laughs> the crown series. Yeah. The crown series. So I'd like an API. Um, just 16 channel. Nothing crazy. Well, you can have whatever you want. You can go you can go bigger than that if you want. Why not? Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a very 16's good cuz like I said, limitations. Okay. So tell us about your API journey then. Why why API? Because that's quite an unusual choice on, you know, people often go for Neves or SSLs, but API is a very particular sound. That's why everyone goes for Neve and SSL. API just has this, the way it sounds for drums, and like it just has this punch that the others don't. Like Neve, rocking, amazing, warm round like it's very round on the bottom but the api an ssl is yeah it's cool but but don't get me wrong there's an ssl thing coming up in a second for the studio and i'll tell you about it you probably already know you already know what i'm gonna say but we'll get to it in a second but api it's just punchy and so a good friend of mine in New Orleans has one. Mm. He just got a custom. Oh my God. I was like, yo, how much was he? He's like, he told me, I was like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. That when, when, when you find out how much this is difficult, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, an education place I used to work at before we had the API oh, wow. um, for the students. And yeah, it was very popular, obviously, but, I used to literally tell, I'd be showing around parents, like, this is where you should bring your, your kids to study. And I'd literally tell them the price of it because it's like, <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, right. <laughs> be like the same price as like a small flat or a house or an apartment somewhere, yeah. you know. C- crazy. But um, yeah, serious bits of kit. It sounded amazing, though. And like you say, for drums, oh, like those EQs on drums. Oh, my God. And and also how, how um, sensitive they are, the EQ. Like, you don't need to boost it too much like or mm. when you cut you know it's just just little bits and pieces it sounds oh man so question here is do you want the the vision do you want the legacy do you want like a 1608 the really miniature one um what are you after you after like a you know a big old thing or do you want um do you want the slightly more tiny one i want a newer newer just because um with the older, too many repairs. I'm going to be out in Japan, like way out there in the field. So it's just like, it's going to be a pain. So I'd rather just like work. 
what about things like flying faders like on the 1608 you can get the flying fader and recall modules so it'll recall i actually probably doesn't work with ableton though does it? it probably only works with pro tools i'm not you know flying faders cool but i what i want to do i want to be timed out before pre pre you know because he he created the flying fader actually because he got tired of doing what i'm about to say but yeah. i want to i want to ride the faders like you know, I want to do it live. I don't. I want to. I don't want that automation for everything. You know, Ableton, we can recall anything. Fantastic in the computer. That's our recall center. Analog. Let's keep it analog. Let's keep it where we don't have any sort of. You know, less mechanical stuff. The less possibility of it breaking. I'm just gonna just gonna <laughs> say here that we do have a Forever Studio tech yeah. who um, we've allowed other people to have vintage pieces of gear so that they can keep them maintained. If that changes things okay. for you, Brit, let us know. Okay. All right. So what's what's the what's the most um, like most expensive poshest sixteen channel API they do then? Do they they do custom builds? I guess. Um, I think for it for a sixteen channel, it looks like um, legacy might be the one i think vision is the biggest that's these but we're talking like uh 48 channels um there's the box which is quite an interesting thing that's um it looks like it's oh yeah i think it's a bunch of line level stuff going on and then you can put in the 500 series things you can build it exactly as you want it but that feels a bit like a bundle so let's say um we'll go at 1608 i think that's that's the that's the one Oh. The, six, the 1608 has the slots for the uh, lunchbox EQs as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so on the 1608, you can you can flip out wow. and put different EQs in, I think. But I don't know whether it's actually 500 series or it's just an option of the 1608. I know, you can. Yeah, eight spaces for 500 series modules. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, man. There we go. Eight spaces. That's pretty good. Oh, spaces to play. <laughs> <laughs> this is item number six. So my next item... SSL G-Series bus compressor. Okay. And it's interesting you're using up a whole item for this because you could have got a desk and a bus compressor in one item. I don't want the desk. <laughs> I just want the bus compressor, which you can get, you know, you can find them and get a, get it done into, um, you know, like a box or whatever. So Yeah, yeah. Someone just sold one I saw on Instagram. I was like, fuck. And it was pretty affordable. Yeah, so somebody will, somebody will, will take one out of an old desk, 500 series it up, and yeah, okay. That's very cool. And you can have that right in your API. They, well, and, the, and, and, the, and that little SSL compressor won't know what the hell is going on. It'll be like, where am I? Exactly. I do not belong here. <laughs> or Where is my G-series mommy? Or he might might be really happy. Yeah, yeah. Could be a good foster home for him. <laughs> Change of scene. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's been in the si- he's been in the system and it worked out. He was being abused in the in the yeah in SSL. The- <laughs> yeah, yeah. This analogy might need to stop, guys. <laughs> yeah, all that nasty pop music, all that weird pop music that was going on through that SSL. No, yeah, okay, okay. That's okay. We'll stop that analogy. Well, it's going to go too far. That's funny. 
Okay, so Will, do you want do you want to run us through? We've got to the sixth item. Oh wait, be- before we do, before we do the rundown, okay. tell us why why the G series? Because you could have gone twenty five hundred in the API. You could have gone like of all the bus compressors, you could have gone like a thirty three six oh nine. Why why the G series for you? Nothing sounds like it, man. Yeah, it adds this kind of it adds this distortion that you don't really get with any other um board and any other SSL for that matter. Hmm. It's just something about it, man. You can read up on it too, like just to get into the kind of weird tech side of it. But it's got to be the most cloned compressor ever, right? Yeah, sure. And there's there's a reason for that, hmm. you know. And uh, talking of clones in terms of software, have you ever found a software version that comes close? That's yes. To tell us UAD. Ooh, I used it today, right before we got on with this call ua had one for ages and it wasn't ssl branded right and then an ssl branded one appeared and i always questioned like have they done anything to it like has the actual audio changed or have have they just got a license to now a question for ua there they actually worked with the the people at ssl to to create that plugin okay so Mm. that's why i kind of gravitated to it and it sounds, it sounds much better than the Waves one. Yeah, Waves has a version. Well, and there's the, the glue that was kind of yeah. Uh, That's now in Ableton. In Ableton, oh, yeah, that was yeah. Modeled, that was sort of modeled on one as well. But I mean, there's there's hundreds of software ones. There's got to be. The glue is hot. Yeah, I mean, no pun intended. Again, <laughs> lots of puns today. <laughs> the glue is hot though. The glue is glue compressor in Ableton is really good. Yeah, it just adds color, this distortion to it, the saturation. It adds a really nice saturation to it. Yeah. So, Will, let's let's picture this studio for a second. Will can take us through, and then we'll see if we uh, we want to make any changes before we get to your luxury item. We're in an old converted tea house in the Japanese countryside, near to Roland HQ. We step over the threshold. It's all wood and no shoes. We pop on the studio slides with the Crown logo. In the corner, we see a 17-inch MacBook Pro 2010 running Snow Leopard. Are we sure we're going with this or are we going with the spec out Mac? We're going spec out Mac, right? Yeah, I think think that laptop was a punishment for me to have to use. (laughs) Okay, so that's the guest computer. Uh, We have a spec out Mac Pro. Our audio interface is the Universal Audio Apollo X8P. For our DAW, we're using the Ableton Live 11 Suite. And our studio items, we have two amazing synths, the Korg Monopoly. We have the Moog Sonic 6. We're listening back on the Focal SM9s. Then we also have for samplers, we have the Emu SP1200 for the sound and the limitations, but sort of unlimited with the SD card upgrade, which I discovered you can get one from Rossum Electro Music, the 35th anniversary edition. Not cheap, but it is the Forever Studio, so... You can have it. And then we, for a desk, we have the API 1608 custom, uh, we'll just go the 16 channel. And then finally, you chose the SSL G-Series bus compressor. How does that feel, Britt? Oh my God, I'm, I'm trying to go. Like, let's go. <laughs> yes, less. Oh, that's good. That's good. I think we've nailed this one. So the final thing then is... Uh, not a piece of studio gear, not music making equipment, 
but something that you would like in your in your studio as your luxury item i would say like if i'm if if it's luxury and it's like completely bonkers it would be the first test pressing framed of um space is the place Sunrise. Wow. Okay. That would be an inspirational bit of wall art, wouldn't it? Whoa. Exactly. Right in the middle, like unless there's a window there. Nice. But it would be somewhere where I could feel that energy all the time. That is a nice that's nice. And and you're saying crazy like that's that's a crazy item to our own, but like he would make his own covers too. Yeah. So they awesome. would draw their own covers. So the artwork I'm sure would be beautiful that's such a much more beautiful well thought out luxury item than we usually have isn't it will mm. usually people pick like coffee machines or <laughs> or rotating floating water beds <laughs> and things like that really <laughs> what, what a nice beautiful yeah. one to to uh to end this episode with that's uh, that's lovely yeah. that's it's made me feel warm inside late at night here it's good oh, thanks, yeah. so that i mean well that's the my forever studio um wow. kind of a a nice soft ending to that one, wasn't it? Thank the, you, the man. Well, that's the whole idea of the studio. When you leave, you're going to feel soft and zen when you leave. I, we're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I slipped my feet into those, into those King studio slides and I that's threw it. my shoes into the forest, <laughs> never to return. <laughs> that's epic. Yeah. Right. See you later. <laughs> yeah unless prince returns them then uh yeah you lost your shoes man um <laughs> we're gonna manifest this whole studio yeah, yeah. yeah. thank and you and bring prince back for god's sake we miss him yeah what a legend okay right well that's the my forever studio podcast thank you so 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 much it's been a blast i love chatting to you and uh this is the most fun i've ever had with an interview <laughs> ever it really warms our hearts and uh helps us get better and better guests and uh, more and more fascinating and interesting people like yourself so give yourself a round of applause thank you so much for joining us well that was awesome that was the first time i've ever spoken to king brit and what a delightful person he is brilliant choices there yeah some unusual and high-end picks there i'd say i'd even describe i go so far chris is describing the sonic six as hashtag forever studio goals oh, we've got a hashtag anyway if you're loving the my forever studio as you know by now you have to subscribe and you have to do it using your favorite podcasting app and maybe even drop us a five-star rating you know the drill come on you don't have to use the hashtag just just to be clear and um look no no to to be clear you do have to use the hashtag now <laughs> hashtag forever studio goals <laughs> All right, cool. And if you do that, and if you leave us a review, you'll have a special place in our hearts forever, obviously. Um, and if you want to contact us or get suggestions to us for guests, email us at editors at musictech.net. Yes, and more importantly than our own little ego and reviews, um, we have another show next week. And on next week's Journey in Studio Foreverdom, we have British composer, DJ and electronic music producer, Matthew Herbert. Yes, Matthew Herbert. And spoiler alert, he's another rule breaker. So it's going to be another fun show. But we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.